Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bat Around. I'm your host, Paul Valley. Ryan is here, but I I gotta let him in. There he yeah, is. Man. How's there it going, he man? Is. Good man. How are you? I uh, can't complain. I was a little worried there. I saw only you pop up on the screen, and as much as uh, your pretty face is more important than mine, I was I was a little concerned that I'd be backstage the whole time. So thank you for bringing me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, absolutely. And no, nobody on this show is more important than the other ones. So glad to have you back. How was your little family getaway last week? It was nice, man. It was uh, for uh, Megan's niece's first birthday, which uh, the actual birthday was Tuesday, but we had her party uh, last weekend. And me being the idiot that I am, I I didn't let you know that I was going away for the weekend uh, until like I think it was Wednesday or Tuesday that I texted you. Because my my dumb brain was like, oh, the last weekend in February. That's definitely not this weekend, February 22nd and 23rd. And uh, yeah, February <laughs> has 29 days, idiot. So uh, yeah, I apologize for the late notice. But shout out to Dylan for graciously filling in. Oh, yeah, man. Well, first off, first off, we don't do the self-deprecation on this show, man. Well, you you're know. Not, you're not an idiot. You're not an idiot. You know? Uh, no, Depends yeah, who you are. Ask. You are. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, Dylan fill in uh, very well. He, we had a great time last week. Great show last week. Um, really awesome to have had him on the show. But we're glad to have you back, Ryan. It's not quite the same without you and your Jeff Blake jersey, your Ryan Blake jersey hanging up behind you. So um, glad that. And I got I got some purple walls. Nice, now. nice. You purping up some, in there. Doing some painting purping down. Purping up. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in, I'm doing a purple. I'm doing like a, a small little orange accent nice. wall. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm finally making this feel a little bit like my own man cave. You know, I mentioned it. You know, new house as of October nice. that we moved into, and uh, my grandparents. So we we got some some projects along the way. But um, it's it's amazing what a fresh coat of paint will do uh, to a yeah, wall. It looks very so, modern. It looks uh, great. Yeah, Thank you. I'm I'm excited, and I, I don't know. Like back here, for those of you watching on video, I'm not sure yet what I'm going to do with this kind of layout here. This little bump out wall, and we'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. It's not done, but it's 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 just good get so some far. Pictures I like up it. there, man. That's all you got to do. Uh, but what what everybody's oh, yeah. got to do is you got to head over to Atman's if you're craving that classic New York deli experience. Look no further than the Atman's Deli in Baltimore's Harbor Point. Corned beef piled high, hand rolled bagels, and Something different a bar. I don't know what that means, but Atman's Harbor Point. Oh, ha! Something different a bar. <laughs> oh, wow. Talk about being an idiot. I'm reading this and says something different a bar. It, it looks like it's like different hyphen a bar, but it, like if he had had the yeah. semicolon in there or the colon, I mean, it, I would have gotten it, but it's a, it's a hyphen. Right. So, or like a space between yeah, the hyphens. Yeah, like so. I'm not really an idiot. I read it like different, uh, like or different day, but something yeah. different. That's that's yeah, how it reads. Something different. A bar. Atman's Harbor Point. Go to atmansdeli.com for daily specials. If you love corned beef, I do not. It is probably my least favorite of all the beefs. Um, if you love corned beef, head over to Atman's, and they got plenty of other stuff to enjoy yourself. Atman's. Go to atmansdaily.com for daily specials. Ryan, the Orioles are giving us daily specials every day off to a blazing hot start. The team is a major league best 7-1 and one in Grapefruit League action. That includes the Cactus League, too. They, they have the better a better record than anybody in the league. Doesn't really matter, but it beats the alternative, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's, you know, you don't want to read into it too much. I mean, they had a nice comeback win against the Pirates on Thursday, and it was because there were a bunch of dudes who have no shot at actually making the team playing in the ninth inning who mounted mm -hmm. that comeback. Um, so you know, it's it, you don't really read into it too much, but it's still cool yeah. to be at the top, and it just you know, it's nice to, to put on a good showing. It's like the Ravens winning what was it 23 consecutive I believe it was games? 26. Yeah, 26. It doesn't mean anything, but it's still it, pretty it, cool. it, it just goes to show neither of us know the exact record because it doesn't mean anything. But when we're talking about the Ravens, right, it, it doesn't mean anything. Right. But it does show the talent level top to bottom in the organization, how badly these guys want to win, no matter the circumstance. And when you have a team that's coming off a season where they won 101 games, but had a quick ouster in the playoffs. It's nice to see them get off to that hot start. Ryan O'Hearn swinging a hot bat still. 
Um, I really thought he was going to have a downward uh, trend this year. I thought that he was going to take a step or two back. But at spring training, any indication that guy's, you know, in for another good season for the Orioles. I've seen a lot of people on social media kind of talking about O'Hearn as if we should be ready to move on from him. And I, I, I don't really understand that. You know, there's the notion that you don't really need a backup first baseman on the roster. Uh, but dude has raked ever since he, he came up. I've with seen I a mean, lot of people talking about the opposite, acting like you got to play O'Hearn every day or you've got you've to have an O'Hearn on your team. And I'm just like, why are we acting like this guy was an MVP candidate last year? So you and I are seeing two different ends right. of the spectrum. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because he's such a polarizing player. I mean, he was in the majors with the Royals for uh, mm -hmm. several years and never really put it together. And then comes to Baltimore, and something mm -hmm. has clicked. And he he hit really really well last year. I, I'm and I'm not here to say that he's you know an MVP candidate or worthy of you know playing 160 games, but he's a dude I think should absolutely be on the roster. And I, he's done nothing to this point to show otherwise so i mean i i, I love the guy maybe it's because his name's ryan and my name's ryan and i want as many ryan's on the team as possible uh except in the outfield um but hey we love our irish out. boys o'hearn o'day um you you gotta love it but and here's the thing man the reason like i like ryan o'hearn i do i like him as much as the next guy he was awesome last year i love ryan mountcastle another ryan that should just be your position man just first base um I love Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah. I think that when he is on, he's one of the best, one of the best hitters. Let me not say that and get a bunch of people coming at me with, with torches and pitchforks. He's a very good hitter when he's on. He's got a ton of power. He can spray the ball to all fields. He has shown he can conquer that mountain out in left field. I love Ryan Mountcastle. I just do. And I hate the idea of a platoon anywhere. I hate the idea of a platoon anywhere. You look at the Texas Rangers. They just won the World Series. Every position had a full-time starter. Every position had a full-time starter. I'd rather have every day I know it's going to be Hayes, Mullins, Santander, Westberg, um, Henderson. Um, how, well, how can I forget his name? Henderson, Holiday, Mountcastle, Adley, and then whoever's on the bump knowing that that's going to be the deal every day with Kerstad at DH and then flipped Kerstad and Santander to get Santander off his feet. You have to have your role players too. You have to have a guy like O'Hearn who can come off and he can play some first base to get Ryan Mountcastle off his feet, maybe hit against some righties. Um, but I like, I want to see my, the same nine guys playing 130 to 150 games each. That's what I want to see. Now you, there can be a lot of tread worn off of those tires by doing that guys can get, can get tired but for me the best teams the teams that win championships don't have platoons unless you're talking about gary renicky and john lowenstein back in uh 1983 but i digress just i love o'hearn i'd rather see mountcastle get an opportunity to play every single day and hit 40 home runs i i agree with that point um i i think it's tough when you look at the orioles roster and I'll talk about this a little bit in my soft toss segment here soon. It's it's tough to look at this roster and say there are nine guys who should be playing every day because realistically there are 15, maybe 16 bats who deserve to be on a big mm -hmm. league roster and get somewhat regular playing time. So I don't think that that's realistic when you look at this roster because there are going to be guys riding the bench who should not be riding a bench, who would be starting on a different mm -hmm. team. And, it, I mean, it's it's a, it's a such a cliche, but it's a really good problem for the Orioles to have. I just don't think O'Hearn is one of the guys based on his performance last year. Like, he's not going to hit 290 mm -hmm. again. He's not going to OPS 800 again. But he, what, is he, what has he shown us to take him off right. the roster? I don't think there's anything there. And so if he's going to be in somewhat of a platoon role, then you're, you're probably going to get a decent bit of production mm -hmm. from him. Now, with that said, I agree with your point on Mountcastle that I would love to see him play 160 games because I think a full season of a healthy Ryan Mountcastle 
is absolutely capable of hitting 40, 45 home runs, even at cannon yards. Um, but, you know, we, we come back to this a lot. One way to solve this problem or to help with this problem, you can trade one of your regular outfielders, yeah. man. Yeah. You can move on from one of those guys, and it opens up some little a little bit of flexibility to get someone like O'Hearn or Kerstad on the in the lineup more regularly. Do you really want Ryan O'Hearn playing right field, playing left field? No. Like to, to me, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about okay. DHing him. Yeah. And split you know splitting time at first base with Mountcastle, having him DH. You can put Kerstad back in the outfield. Which, by the way, I don't know if he did. He play an inning in the outfield last he year. He played a third of an inning. If you if you recall, a third of an inning. They That's were right. they were doing yeah. like they were lauding Brandon Hyde for double switching. You know what I mean? And this, that, and the other. When really he he put Ryan O'Hearn in left field for one out, and then he was like, "Oh crap! I forgot that I have Heston Kerstad on my bench. Let me put him out there because he's actually an outfielder." It was like Brandon Hyde forgot that yeah. Kerstad existed for one out of that eighth or ninth inning. Um, Bruce. Yeah, it didn't make sense. But the the what what my point is there is not to put O'Hearn in the outfield. It's to it's because we have so many good outfielders. One of them is going to be your DH pretty yeah. often, right? By trading one of them, it opens up some flexibility with your DH. Sorry, my dog's being so a butthole. Right I want to see. Apologies. No worries. I, I'm not saying I want to see Ryan O'Hearn play corner outfield. I don't think that would be. It's like putting Chris Davis out there. It's just not. They they did it because they didn't have any other. Do you remember choice, when right? the Orioles when they have put other Chris options. Davis in the outfield a few times, and then Scott Boris would be when Chris was a free agent tried to sell him. I said he's a first baseman who can also DH and play third base and play the corner outfield. And it's like, would you shut the hell up? He's a first baseman and a DH. And by the way, yeah. look at he, he played a little bit of third base when he was mm-hmm. younger several years ago, and yeah, look, anybody can play anywhere. Just not not particularly. Are well. they going to be yeah. good? No. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can put, you you can make Jackson Holiday a left fielder he if would, you want. You know he'd be stellar. You well, know he would turn into a stellar well, left fielder. Yeah, that's a bad like, example. Well, would it, you're right. That's a terrible example. You can put, you can make John Means your shortstop. That doesn't mean he's going to be a he good. Still shortstop. field routine ground balls and make the throw over the first base. I guarantee every single player on this roster has played shortstop. For a majority of the time on some team they were on growing up. Like I gar- I guarantee. Yeah. Oh. No, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Scott Boris, man, look what that what the hell's going on there. Like he has the, like the top free agents in the game after after Otani and Yamamoto. He's got them all. And two of them have signed. And they've the two those two guys are Cody Bellinger and Matt Chapman, who just signed with the Jet with the Giants last night. And they got like not good deals. Cody Bellinger got three years, 80 million, 30 million each of the first two years, 20 million the last year with an opt out after each of the first two years. And then, or is it the opposite? Is it 20, then 30, 30? I think it's 30, 30, 30, 20. Uh, I think it's 30, sure. 30, 20. And then Matt Chapman got three years, 54 million. He got 18 million a year. Like Montgomery's still not signed. And, um, Snell still not signed. And, and did he overplay yeah. his hand? Reigning National League Cy Young winner Blake Snell still does mm-hmm. not. And have a guy who was the it. ace of the World Series champions, like yeah, like, it's it's mind boggling to me that now now you're at a point where you're into March, you're into March, and these guys still like remember the Orioles signed Alex Cobb in like the first or second week of March, and he wasn't ready for the beginning of the season. And when he did come back, he still wasn't ready. He got absolutely blasted. Like right, yeah, it, it's amazing. This one guy who does not play, does not coach, does not have any impact on what happens on the baseball field, has so much of an impact over the game of baseball. Yeah, it's remarkable. Absolutely, the influence that Scott Boris has. And yeah, I absolutely think he overplayed his hand here. You've got premier athletes who, I mean, the season is starting, and he's got guys who just aren't on a team because he's been stubborn. And doesn't want to sign these guys to you know less than the what eighty million a year that he thinks they deserve. It's it's at it's some point you think that these players are gonna be like, look, man, 
I got to know where I'm going. My family's got to know where I'm going. Let's get something done. If I have to take a short-term deal and re-enter the market after with an opt-out after the first year, then let's do it. And if they're and if either of those pitchers are willing to do something like that, the Orioles absolutely need to be in on that. But I agree completely. And it's it's also the 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 factor of like, bro, I want to play. Yeah. I don't want to sit yeah. out a year. I want I want to play baseball. Put me on a freaking mm-hmm. team, man. Find something absolutely. for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, I, I agree with you completely that if they shift their focus and say, you know, maybe we go for a shorter term deal. Yeah. Orioles a hundred percent. A hundred percent. You should be on Superbook. Superbook has a very special odds boost available right now for O's fans. The Orioles odds for winning the American league have been boosted from plus five fifty to plus six fifty. If you get in right now, just go to superbook.com or the Superbook app and click on Odds Boost to take advantage of it today. And remember, when you sign up at Superbook, use the code PRESSBOX23 and you'll receive a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose, different a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've been I've been hedging my bets with, uh, with Orioles players. I, I placed a few futures. I bet on... Um, I bet on Gunner mm-hmm. to win MVP, but I also bet on Adley to win okay. MVP. So one of one of those two. I bet on Jackson to win Rookie of the Year, but I also bet on Heston Kerstad. Well, Westberg doesn't qualify anymore, right? Right, yeah. he doesn't qualify. I think he's gonna have a big year, uh, or at least he wasn't wasn't listed. And then uh, I bet on Corbin Burns to lead the league in strikeouts, but I also bet on Grayson Rodriguez to lead the league. And in when not, when none of those guys do any of those things, you're just gonna be like, "What the hell, man? Didn't you? Didn't you win? Yep. Didn't you place a futures bet last year on like the Orioles to win the American League East or something like that, and it hit? I hit two bets last year. I, I actually had a preseason bet on Blake Snell to win Cy Young. Um, I don't know what my motivation there was, but that was that was a good one for me. And then, yeah, it was – I forget what month it was. I think it was, it was either June or July. The Orioles had lost a few games and had fallen to seven games behind Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. And I was like, this is the time to jump on the odds. And uh, so, I, yeah, I bet on the Orioles to win the American League East in the middle of the season. I got it at plus 1,400. And uh, they came back. They, they won, I think, their next eight. And the Rays lost, I think, six of eight, and the Orioles were back within one game. And then pretty shoot, pretty soon thereafter, they overtook them for the division lead and nice. never looked back. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was it was a it was kind of a gut feeling like they're in a little bit of a skid, but I still don't think the Rays are the team to beat. And uh, yeah, they they caught fire. At I the thought right you were time. saying yeah to agree with your cat meowing. Can yeah, you hear that's that? That's all right, man. My dog over is over is every other show he's in here squeaking a toy at me. So, you know, what whatever. Yeah, we, yeah. we do what we want. Um, and of course, Ryan yeah. placed all those bets with Superbook. So go there now, press box 23, and you can sign up to uh win a first bet match up to $250 with the code press box. 23 Orioles have a televised game today. They're taking on the Yankees at 1.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on Masson. It's going to be uh, the Orioles are lining up today. Cedric Mullins leading off playing center field. Adley Rutschman batting second at catcher. Ryan Mountcastle batting third at first base. The aforementioned Ryan O'Hearn batting fourth at DH. Uh, Austin Hayes batting fifth playing left field. Kobe Mayo, who is unbelievably hot to start this spring campaign, batting sixth, playing third base. Newly acquired Colton Wong is going to be batting seventh, playing second base. Shortstop Jorge Mateo off to a hot start in spring training. Had a two-homer game the other day. He's batting eighth and playing shortstop. And pulling up the rear, batting ninth and playing right field, Heston Kerstad with Cole Irvin on the mound. Cole Irvin will face Anthony Volpe for the Yankees, leading off, playing shortstop. Alex Verdugo batting second, playing left field. Labor Torres batting third, playing second base. Trent Grisham batting fourth, playing center field. Jose Rojas batting fifth, playing right field. Kevin Smith batting sixth, playing third base. J.C. Escara batting seventh uh, at DH. Carlos Narvaez, is that how you say it? Narvaez? Carlos Narvaez uh, batting eighth at catcher. And batting ninth, T.J. Rumfield playing first base. Marcus Stroman facing that formidable Orioles lineup on the mound. That guy that I wanted, but now that he's there, I hope they absolutely crush him. And he pitches to a a five-and-a-half ERA this year, so I don't have to feel as bad about the Orioles not getting him. So 
Let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen with today's game, and we'll start with Cole Irvin, who I have later in the notes, but since he's starting today, we'll talk about him now. Leaned out over the offseason, uh, went to tread and picked up extra velocity. Brian, did I see correctly that on Sunday in his start, he threw a pitch at 95.9 miles per hour, which is the fastest pitch of his entire career. Is that correct? I believe I saw the same yeah, thing, Paul. The, 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 if you've got a lefty like Cole Irvin, who's now throwing 96 miles an hour with pinpoint control, how big is that for this team? Oh, it's huge. It's so exciting to see a guy add a couple ticks of velo. It gets people fired up uh, because uh, velocity is king at, at this point in the game, right? Everybody's throwing 97 to 99, and if you're not, then you're mm -hmm. behind. Right. That's a nice old so, right there. Yeah. To, thank you. So to have a guy like Cole Irvin, who we did not expect to be throwing anywhere harder than 93, 94, maybe at his best, is now getting close to 96. Yeah, it's huge. And especially from the left side, you know, you, you lose a, a DL Hall who was, uh, you know, 98 to 99 from the left side on a good day. And, uh, you know, Cole Irvin comes out and he's like, hey, look, look what I can do. And man, it's awesome. It, it gets me so excited. I got, I'm, I'm tingly thinking about what Cole Irvin could be because he was already mm -hmm. a good pitcher. He was good with Oakland. I know he wasn't great for us last year, but he had some, some flashes. He could be a very, very good it, pitcher. It was only a couple of weeks ago that we were on this show talking about Cole Irvin can be Cole Irvin can be a solid starter but he's got to have that pinpoint control because he just doesn't throw hard enough. I think Dylan and I talked about that last week. And now we see this dude touching 96 miles an hour with this fastball. And it's like, Oh, what? Wait a minute. Uh, like it's look at you, man, with that S eating grin on your face, man. Like it, it's like, Dude, it's, it's it, like, it is super exciting. If, if you, cause now you're feeling bad, like, Oh, we lost John means uh, for the first month. And, what about Bradish? Is is he going to be okay? And everything sound, seems like he's fine right now, based on what we're hearing out of, out of spring training. But then it's like, wait, Cole Irvin can throw 95, 96 miles an hour with pinpoint control? Uh, okay, sign me up for that, you know? Now, the Orioles, they went out and they brought in Julio Tehran. Uh, I can I never pronounce Is that correct, Tehran? Is that Tehran? Tehran? Tehran. Okay, Julio Tehran. Julio oh, you know, what, what was the other guy? Uh, Clace Classe that I mispronounced. And I'm usually, uh, that they're, they're tough. all tough. I'm usually really good at pronouncing teams, players' names. And of course, the guys that the Orioles are linked to or signed are like, Ryan Muntkastle? How do you pronounce that? Right? <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's exciting. Yeah. Now, uh, what's been a little bit less than exciting is how Corbin Burns has started. Everybody talked about his first start like, like, oh, he was phenomenal. The dude threw 22 pitches in his first start. One inning, three up, three down, struck out two. That was a week ago today. And then in his last outing, an inning and two-thirds, three hits, three runs, a walk, three strikeouts, and a home run for his second outing. But it's crazy, man. If this was any other starter on the roster, people would be like, what's going on here? But it's Corbin Burns. The entire fan base is just giving this dude the benefit of the doubt because he's Corbin freaking Burns. Yeah, I, 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 who cares? It's a spring training right. box score. I, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Um, pitchers aren't out there. I mean, look, he's he's working on a, a new pitch. You know, different shapes to his pitches. They're not trying to. I mean, of course, they're trying to get batters out, but that's not their primary goal. It's to get work in against big league right. hitters, right? And look, Garrett Cole gave up a massive home run to Daniel Vogelbach last night, right? It happens mm -hmm. in the spring, okay? And it's going to happen in the regular season. He will have a few outings where, you know, he, he really struggles. But it's not about that. It's about staying healthy, and it's about how he feels when he's on the mound. And so, look, it's, it's Corbin Burns. He's on the Baltimore Orioles. And from, we didn't get to watch the game on TV, uh, but all the reports from the beat writers during that first inning were, oh, he got squeezed like crazy in that at bat against Rowdy Tellez. And so – Look, maybe he should have been out of that inning before he gave up the three-run homer. And it was also a three-run homer to Harry Ford, who's a former number one overall pick and a guy no one was talking about. You're thinking of Henry after. Ford. Sorry, Henry, Henry Davis, Davis. Henry Davis. Harry Ford is it? Yeah. Yeah. Harry Ford's a and Henry Ford guy. is the founder of uh, Ford Automotives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, we are on a roll. All right, man. I was roll today. I was rolling. No, but you, no, you're you're absolutely right. I put it in there because 
it's been shaky to start for Corbin Burns, but it's just cool that like because he's Corbin Burns, because of his track record, because of just who he is in general, nobody in Baltimore cares that he's that he's pitched less than what we'd expect. I mean, a 10-13 ERA. Um, but then you look he, he he had the worst ERA of his big league career since his rookie season last year, and it was 339. Yeah. Like the yeah. dude's gonna and be you, fine. you look at Corbin. And in three of his previous six seasons, his ERA in spring training was 450 or higher. And then he goes out and one of those years, well, no, in uh, 2021, he, he was 165 and then he won the Cy Young. But, I mean, he's been a top eight finalist in two of those years uh, where he had a four and a half plus ERA in spring training. So it's it's literally just guys getting their work in. But it's something that, that yeah. was noticeable. And you can dissect it a little more later in the spring if you want when they're having you know longer outings, throwing five innings at a time. Th- th- these guys are going out there for two to three innings max at this point in the spring. And look, they're not going to have an opportunity to settle in and you know retire eight guys in a row and you know go four scoreless innings. That's just not conceivable. So a spring ERA is the lowest right and when when it's time to ramp up for the for the regular season his last two or three starts you know that he's going to be out there you know doing what corbin burns does so the first the first hit the first three four starts it's just getting your work in working on that new pitch just trying to get a good feel for you know returning to you know competitive pitching and then the last bit he's going to be corbin burns no worries here whatsoever i want to remind you today's show brought to you by a new sponsor Whether you're celebrating a special milestone, entertaining clients, or simply enjoying a night out, count on Ruth's Chris to deliver to you the finest steaks, the best service, and a level of hospitality that has made Ruth's Chris one of the most revered names in steaks since 1965. So make your reservation now at ruthschris.com. Your boy worked at Ruth's Chris for a little bit, way back in the day. And let me... So so let me tell you... Um, I worked at Ruth's Chris in 2011, the beginning of 2011, I think it was, um, no beginning of 2012. And I was there with nobody in the restaurant during the AFC championship game when Billy Cundiff missed the field goal. And it was the only time in my life that a sporting event actually made me feel physically ill. Like I, my knees buckled. I walked back into the kitchen. I had to crouch down because I felt like I was going to throw up. Like they missed, he, like we don't have, we, we know what happened, but I was there yeah. and I wasn't supposed to be there. I won't get into it because Ruth's Chris is a sponsor and it wasn't anything about Ruth's Chris that I wasn't supposed to be there. And I was, it was the person who trained me. Uh, but Ruth's Chris in general loved it there. The only reason I didn't stay there, it was an hour drive from my house and I had to pay for parking and for all that gas. And it just, it didn't add up, but it was, um, it was, it was a great place to work. And they fed me before every shift. They fed every single employee before every shift. And it was the best server, serving job that I ever had from the, from the standpoint of we did so very little, like literally all that the server did was take the order and um, run the drinks from the bar. Somebody filled the water. Somebody cleaned off the table. Somebody ran the food. We took the order and we brought them um, iced tea and sodas. And that was it. It was, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Ryan, soft toss. What you got for us? Yeah. uh, So I actually reached out to uh, Derek at Utah Street Report uh, asking if I could write an article for him because there's something that I want to talk about. And I'm going to kind of tease it a little bit in my my soft toss segment this week uh for for the first time in as long as i can remember paul the orioles are in a position and we've touched on this a little bit already and i'm sure we will continue to do so they're in a position in which they have way too many dudes for, for roster spots uh too many guys who are worthy of being on a big league roster and with that in mind there's going to be some difficult camp cuts later on in the spring when that time comes. Guys will be reassigned to minor league camp who we thought might make the team. Jackson Holiday might be part of that group. Um, and then guys are going to make the team that we don't particularly want to make the team. But it's important to remember some of the factors that are going to go into that in addition to who had the best spring. 
it's easy to look at a box score and say this guy should be on the team because he hit 450 in spring training. That might not necessarily be the case. Uh, the first is the 40-man roster. There are guys like the aforementioned Jackson Holiday, Kobe Mayo, not currently on the 40-man roster, which means if they break camp with the team and the Orioles want to put them on the opening day roster, someone would have to be removed from the 40 and pass through waivers. Now, that's not a huge deal because there are some guys who fit that bill who are you know pretty easy DFAs when that time comes, uh, guys who have been picked up for depth, things like that. But it could be a slight disadvantage to players who are not currently on the 40-man roster already. More important than that, however, Paul, are remaining options. The most notable fringe player without an option remaining is Ryan McKenna. And we all know how the Orioles feel about Ryan McKenna and specifically how Brandon Hyde feels about Ryan McKenna. There's some serious, serious competition in the outfield right now for the Baltimore Orioles. There are at least six guys, seven if you include McKenna, who should be in the conversation to make the opening day roster as an outfielder. I just want to get ahead of this. Don't be surprised if Ryan McKenna makes the opening day roster once again purely because he does not have options left and the Orioles don't want to risk losing him. He is a right-handed hitting outfielder who can hit lefties pretty well. The Orioles don't have a lot of that unless Jorge Mateo is going to be that guy. So I just want to get ahead of that. Uh, but it's it's also important when it comes to options, players who do have options remaining, that it's really an option year. So if a player has one option remaining, that doesn't mean he can only be optioned one time. It means once he is optioned, he can go up and down as many as five times in that season. But it, it you know, the, the full option doesn't disappear until the end of the year. So uh, I'm going to write more about that. I plan to. Um, but you know, it's, it's important to remember that there's a lot more than just who has the best spring on paper that's going to go into these roster decisions. So it's going to be fun to see how now, it all when you out. write that article, I hope you amend the fact that you said Ryan McKenna hits left-handed pitching pretty well. I don't know where people came up with this because he absolutely does not for, for his oh. career against left-handed pitching. Ryan McKenna slashes 221, 288, 333, 621 against right-handed pitching me 309 303 613 so the ops is eight points higher but because I, I looked into this last year because everybody was like ryan mckenna is an outfielder and he's on the roster for his defense and he can hit left-handed pitching and i said no the hell he cannot and i went and i looked it up his career numbers against so- left-handed pitching are absolutely atrocious because overall the guy can't hit at all he has one shining moment of his career, and this isn't me coming at you. This is me just setting the record straight. No, I, um, I, I get it. One shining moment offensively in his entire career, and it's that three-run walk-off homer that he hit against the Mariners on June 24th last year. And I remember that it was June 24th because I was sitting eight rows off the field behind home plate, and I saw him hit the home run, and I jumped up like everybody else. And the first thought that went through my head was, Holy crap, Ryan McKenna is going to be on this roster for at least another month now because of that home run. That was the, the thought that went through my head. Oh, yeah. You know? I had the same and exact thought. Like, it's the yeah. only thing that he has ever done offensively that's noteworthy. Ever. And people that people have this yeah. idea that he can hit that he hits left-handed pitching well. No, he actually has a lower batting average in his career against lefties than he does against righties. Yeah, it was sorry. It was 2022, which he hit lefties. Uh, he had a 794 OPS against lefties in 2022, but that was a sample Eight size <laughs> of 69 plate appearances. Um, yeah, and he hit he OPS 525 against righties that year. So I think that's where mm-hmm. we get that impression. Um, I I don't look. I don't care enough about him to look at his career splits, uh, but I I appreciate it, the correction. I just I just wanted to get ahead because we've been saying for several years now that he you know, shouldn't mm-hmm. be the fourth outfielder. And yeah, I had the same thought that you did when he hit that walk-off. Cause that was, that was the game when, when Bautista grooved 101 to mm-hmm. Mike Ford, I think it was. And Ford deposited that into the bleachers for his second home run. Game watching to tie it. And then yeah, McKenna, McKenna came up and Santander, Santander went four for four in that game. And then McKenna came up uh, because he replaced Santander in the ninth as, na- as a defensive replacement. And then the home run was given up. 
And then he got to bat and hit the three run homer in Santander's spot. So that, that position, the order went five for five, I think with two home runs that game. But um, yeah, I, I was sitting again, same seats when Mike Ford hit that home run. And when he hit it, I went, are you effing kidding me? And I had to watch him stand there and just stare at it from directly behind him. Like Mike Ford, Henry Ford, go drive a Ford. Anyway, they're not all gold, Ryan. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. That was, Shut up. Uh, that was, that was, a, that was a, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to say anything about the joke. I was going to say it was a tough one to watch when, you know, Mike Ford gets you for a second bomb of the day. But look, if you're, if you're sitting fastball on Felix Bautista, it's yeah. still really hard to hit. But if you get uh-huh. it like down the middle, which he did, yeah, I you, mean, you, you got a good shot to, to do something. It's going to go. By the way, I would never seriously tell Ryan to shut up for anybody that thinks I'm just talking trash to my <laughs> to my co-host. Uh, Soft Toss <laughs> with Ryan Blake has been brought to you by Royal Farms. Right now at Royal Farms, you can get a three-piece tenders meal, western fries, a biscuit, and a cookie for just $10. A 10-piece dark meat dark meat rofo chicken meal for just $15 and any size Royal Farms coffee and a Royal Farms brand bakery item for just $3. Stop by your neighborhood Royal Farms today. So Ryan, you were talking about a little bit about what's going on with the outfield there and the outfield competition has really heated up and there's been an unlikely player who's been part of that and that's Kyle Stowers. He's been opening some eyes in camp. Reportedly, he homered off of two different left-handed pitchers in live batting practice. And he's collected two more home runs in Grapefruit League action. And then you have Colton Kowser, who's three for eight with two home runs, five ribeye stakes, and three walks, but also four strikeouts in 12 plate appearances. A lot of people forgot about Kyle Stowers. If he can hit lefties, which he did, he's done his entire minor league career, does he have a shot to make this team and say bye-bye to Ryan McKenna? Yeah, he's got a shot. The 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 problem is he might be sixth on the mm-hmm. outfield depth chart right now. And this combination of left-handed hitting outfielders, when you look at Kowser, Kerstad, and Stowers, that's probably four, five, six in the pecking order when it comes to the outfield. And it doesn't help any of them get a leg up on mm-hmm. the other that they all hit lefty and that you're not really comfortable with yeah. any of them in center, in center field, right? Maybe Kowser, but that's about it. Uh, Stowers has always raked against left-handed mm-hmm. left-handed pitching, right? We've we've known this. Stowers finally got an opportunity to face a left-handed hitter in the bigs, and what did he do? He hit a home run mm-hmm. at Fenway Park in his first big league at bat, not counting the hit-by-pitch yeah. in his, his shorter stint, but he comes up, he finally gets a chance to hit a lefty, and he goes yard. And it was one of those things where it was like, am I a little bit as smart as Brandon Hyde maybe? And it's like, obviously not, right? But also, we so many fans had been like, let Stowers first, face a lefty for the love of all does. that is good. And the first time he does, he goes yard. It's like there's some poetic justice to that. But anyway, again, not anywhere near as smart as Brandon Hyde, but it's moments like that where it's like maybe I could call a shot or two mm-hmm. and get lucky. Uh, but look, man, there's so many good dudes, and Stowers mm-hmm. mashes the baseball. Heston Kerstad mashes baseballs. Colton Kowser mashes baseballs. We've got dudes out here. And there's go- that's why I talk about there's going to be some difficult mm-hmm. camp cuts this year. There's going to be guys who are reassigned to minor league camp before we expect them to. There's going to be guys who get optioned down to AAA and might sit there for a while as, as things shake out if, if you know all the outfielders on the big league roster stay healthy. Is a trade in the works? I don't know. But – Kyle Stowers playing his way back into the outfield mix is, uh, again, cliche, but it's a really good Absolutely. problem for the Orioles Absolutely. to have. You- the, now, the issue is, is he going to break camp with the team and become a fourth or fifth outfielder and be a platoon guy and only face righties again? Mm-hmm. Because that would be infuriating. If he's on the roster, I want him in the lineup against lefties because all he has done in his minor league and major league career is show that the dude crushes sure. lefties. Well, so and then we'll see, man. But it's, you got to look at Heston we'll Kerstad. He was a late season call up last year. He made the postseason roster that we didn't get into into a game. I think Kerstad would have the leg up from the outset. But with Colton Kowser off to that hot start with what Stowers is doing, you talked about late late camp cuts that would be you know painful to see. 
Could Heston curse that? It's still early. It's March second. We still got basically four weeks till opening day. But yeah, could Heston Kerstad end up in Norfolk to start the season? Like like you said, there's a lot of there's 16, 17 bats that are major league ready that aren't that and half of those guys might not even be on this roster, you know, to 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 start the year. Are we looking at a situation where Heston Kerstad might end up back at AAA to start the season? Yeah, it's entirely possible, especially with how Stowers has played and how Colton Kowser has gotten off to a hot start. Yeah, I, I 100% could see it. Kerstad, we, we, we just talked about it. Kerstad could be sixth mm-hmm. on the outfield depth chart. And the sixth outfielder is probably not making the team, right? So, yeah, I could absolutely envision a scenario in which in which Dude, Kerstad I've got this one strand that's just hanging off. I think I may have gotten it. It's just hanging off the side of my hat. And I can see it out of the corner of my eye. And it's annoying the crap out of me, but I can't see it like in the camera. And I can't like when I when I look directly at it, I can't uh, yeah. see it. It's driving me insane. Anyway. That's a great hat, by so the way. I love that is, logo. So this year I'm actually playing for the Susquehanna Braves in the Hartford Men's Baseball League because it's the last year and then we're folding. So they asked me to come back and play one more season for them. But usually I play for the Orioles, the independent Orioles in the Hartford Men's League. And this is this was our team hat last season. So like I I love mm, this hat I do I do and my best friend uh, because of I guess because of all the meals I've bought for him and all the hats and shoes I've given him over the years he bought me the new batting practice hat yesterday I just haven't I just haven't gotten it from him. oh nice so yeah man let me tell That's you about awesome. my best friend he's a pretty cool guy um, but yeah like the outfield competition is serious the infield competition is serious. Um, want to remind you before we get into the info competition, today's show is also, also brought to you by Help My Gambling Problem. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Infielders, off to a hot start. And let's talk with the guy that everybody wants to talk about. Number one overall pick in 2022, the number one overall prospect in baseball heading into 2024. His name is Jackson Holiday. He's got that big league pedigree uh, from his dad being in the majors for a long time, being a seven-time all-star and silver slugger. Holiday started the spring 0 for 6 with five strikeouts, and people were starting to get a little worried. He got his uh, he got a hit in his final at-bat of his third game. He's now four for his last eight with a triple and a double and zero strikeouts. Since that 0 for 6, 5 strikeout performance, his double came off Braves closer, Rysel Iglesias. Jackson Holiday, man, like when he gets going, he does this, right? Every league that he's, every level that he's been at, he's gotten there, slow start. And then the next thing you know, he goes on a 15 game hitting streak. He's hitting close to 400. And it's like, holy crap, this guy's ready for double. And now, holy crap, he's ready for triple. Holy crap, he's ready for the majors. Jackson Holiday, in my opinion, should be starting somewhere in the Orioles infield on opening day. Ryan, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think the only thing that could hold him back is that he hasn't spent a lot of time yet at AAA. I think that's the one knock against Jackson Holiday's case for making the opening day roster. So I, I could envision a scenario in which they start him at Norfolk just to kind of you know, get him a little additional experience on there. There's still going to be some big leaguers down at Norfolk uh, that, that he's going to be, or opponents, I should say, that he'll be able to face, uh, you know, down there. With that said, you want your most talented guys on your big league roster, right? And he's one of your most talented guys by a long shot. So I absolutely want him to be starting at second base for the Baltimore Orioles on opening day. Is that going to happen? I don't know. There are a lot of guys in contention Jorge Mateo is having a good spring. Ramona Rios, I think, has a home run. There's, again, going to be some tough cuts, and the infield is no different than the outfield. There are too many guys than positions on the roster. And people knocking down the door, Kobe Mayo, Jackson Holiday, all making a strong case for themselves. They're going to have to replace somebody, and that somebody's probably going to be a Ramona Rios. And then do you DFA a Rios? Do you try to trade him? It's going to create a roster crunch, and – Purely because of that, I could see, you know, a situation where we're not happy about the opening day roster because Jackson Holiday and Kobe Mayo yeah. are not on it. So I, I do think it's possible. I don't want to. I don't want people to get their hopes up. But yeah, I mean, Holiday is as, yeah, as close I, as you're gonna I, get. And the thing is, it bit them two years ago when Adley didn't come up till May, and then he was. 
He did. He Bradley did. also I was hurt himself. Get to that, that he had he had the um, what was it the yeah. shoulder or was it the elbow? I think it was the elbow issue. Triceps. It was the tricep strain. Yeah. He had the tricep strain, so right. he started the season late. He would have made the opening day roster out of spring training if everything was equal and he had been fully healthy. But it he didn't come up till May, and because he didn't start the year on the opening day roster, he finished second in rookie of the year voting, and the Orioles didn't get the comp pick for that because he wasn't on the on the roster on the opening day. So it, it kind of sucks from that standpoint. And they're, they're looking at that, and it's like you look at Jackson Holiday and you think, look what happened with Gunner. You know, look what look what he did. Where yeah, he got off that slow start last year, but from basically June first on he was one of the best players in baseball, you know, and, and Jackson holiday, like let's, let's be real about this. I love Gunnar Henderson. Jackson holiday is ta- more talented. He, he, he just is. He, he's, he's, he's going to, yeah. they're both going to be superstar players. I hope they can keep both of them, but Jackson holiday is more talented than Gunnar Henderson. He was number one overall pick in coming out of high school. Gunnar Henderson, and a lot of reason to Gunnar Henderson to go in the first round is because everybody thought that he was committed to college and was going to go to college. The Orioles took him with the first pick in the second round, and they gave him enough money to say, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go play baseball, you know. Um, but he still wouldn't have been the first overall pick. Now, he's had a huge – he skyrocketed once he got into professional baseball. Jackson Holiday, that skyrocket began his senior season in high school. So, it, like, they're both – Otherworldly players, I think they're both future MVPs. Or Jackson Holiday may never have the power profile to be an MVP candidate, but that dude's going to be a 320 hitter in the big leagues. I don't know, man. That dude got jacked. He absolutely over the did. He, yeah, he that absolutely man's arms. did get jacked. He added 10 pounds of muscle. He went from benching 195 to benching 315. He went from squatting like 225 to benching 350. Um, he can deadlift 500. Like that dude, that, that, and power, power yeah. comes last for a lot of guys. I could see Jackson uh, Holiday being a that dude's a guy. dude. I really that could. Dude is a dude. If he hits three three twenty with th- with thirty home runs in the season, he'll, he'll be an MVP candidate for sure. Um, so it's oh, it's yeah. like it's like hard for me to sit there and say that Jackson Holiday is more talented than Gunnar Henderson because it's literally like name the two young shortstops in baseball that you would la- love to have on your team, and it's like Jackson Holiday, Gunnar Henderson. They're like one A one B. Yeah. He might not be more talented right be. now, but I think when they're when they're both you know a few years into their big league careers, and I they're going to be different kinds of players, extra. right? Because Gunnar Henderson might never yeah. hit three hundred, but he'll hit two eighty five with with forty home runs. Where Jackson Holiday will hit three twenty with twenty five home runs or twenty home runs, and maybe steal a few more bases. You know what I mean? It's it's the difference is negligible. I just think that Jackson Holiday at the end of the day will be a little bit more talented of a player. And that's before we even talk about Kobe Mayo. Kobe Mayo, five for 12, three doubles, three walks, two RBIs. Are we looking at Kobe Mayo making a case to head north with the team? What what he's doing in camp has been one of the most noticeable things of of spring training to date. Yeah, look, he's just another dude that absolutely Mm -hmm. mashes baseballs. I'm so giddy. Mm-hmm. Looking at this roster, there are so many good players, man. It's crazy. Yeah, he's absolutely making a case for himself. Now, he's blocked by several guys, Ramona Rios potentially being one of them over at third base. Um, you know, Gunnar Henderson, we expect him to be ready to start the season, but I don't know. He still hasn't seen game action, and oblique injuries do tend to linger. I'm not saying I don't think Gunnar's going to be ready, but. There's a little part of me that's worried about it. He should begin in in some great for league games this coming week. Right. And and yes, and that's a good sign. That said, oblique injuries are very easy to aggravate. And when they are aggravated, they stick around and they impact performance. So I'm, I'm a little, even if, even once he's playing games, I'm going to be a little concerned. And if he, he, there's going to be a swing in like, May or June, where you see him kind of, like he's gonna foul a ball off, and you're gonna see him kind of react mm-hmm. and want to stretch a little weird. It's gonna be like, oh god, I hope this isn't that oblique coming back. Uh, but anyway, this isn't a conversation about Gunnar Henderson's oblique. Mm-hmm. This is a conversation about Kobe Mayo. Yeah, and that dude is yeah. a dude, right? He is absolutely making a case for himself to break camp with the team. And as I mentioned in soft toss, 
the, the only case against him really is that he's not currently right. on the 40. So he would have to replace somebody. And is he going to start over over Mona Rios? I don't know. Is he going to start over Jackson Holiday? Maybe if Holiday is your third baseman, or I'm sorry, Westberg, yeah. um, Westberg. If Westberg's your third baseman, then yeah, maybe maybe Mayo's going to you know make a case to start over him. I don't know. But Westberg's a dude too. So like, I don't know, man. I knows would love happen? to see the Orioles give Mayo an opportunity in the outfield because what's really working against him is he plays two positions. He plays third base. He plays first base. And they have two first basemen who are doing nothing to not make this team. Ryan Mountcastle could go two for 40 this spring, and he's still going to be on the roster. He's a former Gold Glove finalist, yeah. and he he's a forty homer he's a forty homer potential guy. Uh, Ryan Ryan O'Hearn is yeah. raking right now. He raked last year, except the last couple weeks of the season in the playoffs. Um, he's going to be on, and he hits he mashes righties. He's going to be on this roster. So it's really is he going to is Mayo going to start over Jordan Westberg, or can he play the outfield and make it easier to trade to trade an outfielder? It's and Ramona Rios, if Ramona Rios is on this roster over Jackson Holiday and Kobe Mayo, there's something wrong there. I still, it, I mean, it is March 2nd. I'm still not convinced he won't be traded. I'm still not convinced. You know, Jorge Mateo is doing a nice, a nice job playing the infield, getting some time in the outfield, and he's actually hitting right now. Two homer game for a guy who hit six out of the park home runs last year, seven total. Uh, that that's. And they were all in April, exactly. aside from the inside. Uh, he got off that hot start last year. So even if he does it this year, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, I won't believe it till he takes it into June, right? Um, there's there's going to be a lot of movement on this roster before the end of spring training. And, you know, before – I do want to get into some fan um, – some some – Listeners, some viewer uh, chats here in just a minute. Just want to remind you first that the show is brought to you by Glenn Clark Radio. Did you miss anything from Glenn Clark Radio this week, including interviews with Orioles pitcher Cole Irvin, Loyal Lacrosse legend Pat Spencer after his NBA debut with the Warriors, and five-star Maryland basketball commit Derek Queen? And you can find those interviews and more now in the GCR Week in Review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. And let's get into these comments Randall Fracasse, and if I'm mispronouncing your name, if you're still tuning into the show right now, please phonetically say your name for me because you comment a lot, and I don't want to get that wrong. <laughs> you you say that every every time he comments. You're like, I think I hope yeah. I'm pronouncing. And like, your name I just I don't want to get it wrong. So if you're paying attention, spell it out for me. Um, spell it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Fracas? it's Fracas just to just to go against it's you. It's either Fracas or Fracasse, or it's probably. Us. Fracas, and we're both getting it wrong. You, every once in a while, Paul. I don't know if you notice this. You throw an N. Francase. Where? Yeah, it, I almost exist. did. I had to double He's, take and be like, "Oh, there's no N in there today." So, uh, like, yeah, we'll but, see. Uh, and if you, and your silence will tell me that it's Fracase. So it's on. It's on you if I'm mispronouncing. <laughs> I gave you the opportunity, and you didn't say anything. But Randall uh, uh, chatted with us. Prediction: Oshock baseball again, and sign Snell. I'm Ron Burgundy. Um, maybe. I mean, he had three sure. starts last year that went beyond six innings. I'd rather they sign Montgomery. I'd rather they sign a guy who can get deeper in the ball games. But look, this is a, this is a guy who's a. If they sign Blake Snell, I'm not going to sit there and be like, "Damn it, I wanted Montgomery." It, like it's Blake Snell. He's won two Cy Youngs. Yeah. He's one of the few pitchers ever won a Cy Young in both leagues, right? So like, if he does that, if, if they sign him, I'm going to be pumped. I want to see Montgomery. If it's not Montgomery and it's Snell, that's awesome. Give me one of those two. And the further we get into spring training without these guys being signed, the more of a chance I think the Orioles have of giving them, you know, a short-term deal with an opt-out after after the first year. You know, and maybe maybe all they want is so one year, forty million, and then re-enter the market next year. You know, but you know, there, there's security in having that. Um, Security and having those extra couple of years in case you have a bad season, you can opt into a $30 million deal next year. You know, uh, Randall also said, Oh, should trade for Luzardo. He'd be, he'd be the hedge against injury and burns not resigning win-win for the O's. It would be a win-win for the O's, but if we're going to go out and sign Snell and then we're going to trade for Luzardo, we might as well go out and sign JD Martinez and 
Ask the Cubs to trade us Cody Bellinger after just signing them. Uh, Randall, I love your passion, man. I love what what the way your mind's working. They're just they're not going to do all of these things. If they trade for Lazardo, it's going to be at the deadline. That 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 ship has come and gone for this spring, in my opinion. Uh, like the Orioles would have to blow the Marlins away at this point. They already announced Lazardo as their opening day starter. I don't think you do that if you plan on moving that guy. So I think it would have to be the Marlins. Marlins stuck around a good bit of the season last year. And I, I kind of, I was one of the few people that was on that hype train last year because I looked at their rotation and saw how good it was. Um, if they, if they fall off, if they're under 500 uh, at the all-star break and they don't come out hot to start the second half, then I can 100% them, 100% seeing them, see them putting, uh, putting Lizardo on the trade block and the Orioles potentially making a move there. But I think the deadline is the absolute earliest that you can see that happen. Right. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I would love to trade for Lazardo, but it's going to take a massive return at this point. And he's he's a really good, young, controllable starting pitcher. And you're not going to get those for cheap. And so it's going to take a couple of your top prospects. And I don't think the Orioles are willing to do that at this point. I I would almost rather... And we look, we talked about Cole Irvin coming out pumping close to 96 this spring. That he could be your Lozardo. He has three more mm-hmm. years of control as well. So I'm not saying that Cole Irvin is is on the same level as Lozardo. I don't think he is personally. But if you get a sub, if you can be, get a sub four, you never know. A Cole Irvin, that's that's something that you'd be excited about, especially as your fifth starter. Randall's just riding that Lozardo yeah. train. Don't be shocked if O's trade for Lozardo using Mountcastle and Norby. Uh, the question marks. I I don't I don't. I can see it. I could see it, but I don't think it's going to oh, happen. So I was just doing soon. the whole Ron Burgundy thing again because that's the second comment that he put a yeah. question mark at the end at the, at the end of that seemed like a statement. Um, they, they could, they could, especially if Kobe Mayo is raking. If Norby clear, if, if you have Jordan Westberg, Gunnar Anderson, and Jackson Holiday all having, I mean, Gunnar's safe, but if you have Westberg and, and Holiday absolutely raking and playing good defense, where do you put Norby? He's he's uh, a second baseman who could potentially play the outfield. I could see them making that trade, but again, that's something that would happen at the deadline. I don't think it's happening in spring training. Yeah, and Norby's another guy that well, we he's been hurt. He had an, I think he had an oblique strain too, yeah. and so he hasn't even been been out there. I don't think it was oblique. I could be wrong. Or no, it's yeah, a hip thing. Isn't it a hip thing? That... All all I remember is a tweet from him saying that like he was basically on his hands and knees begging to to play or to at least work out. And the Orioles yeah. were like, no, he, not yet. He, um, he, was, he was, well, he knows what, what's stacked up against him. He has nothing left to prove in the minors. And the yeah. more time he's not out there playing, the further away he's getting from making this roster, which it was a long shot to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a shame for him. Cause he's another, he's, he's another, another guy who dude. matches. The bat is, is incredible. I think the bat might be better than Westberg's, but he doesn't have the defensive versatility or the speed. And he does have good speed. Um, I love that you said we were going to try to get to some listener comments, and now they're just rolling. No, nah, we're going to get to them. Mayo is knocking down the door. Mayo is knocking Ooh. down the door. He's knocking down walls. He's hitting balls over walls. The guy's an absolute beast. It's going to be if he keeps doing what he's doing. It's going to be sooner rather than later that he's on this roster because I think that that guy is a. We, I always talk about the Orioles having a legitimate middle of the order bat on their roster. They like that one bat away from being a team that to me looks absolutely flawless. Kobe Mayo could be that guy and could be it sooner than we think. Yeah, if if he can be a a two seventy five, three sixty five on base guy, he, you know the power is going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right, uh, AJ, uh, another guy whose last name I always he's never told me how to pronounce. It. He's been commenting on our show for over a year. AJ McCurgy, I think is it. Uh, is Ryan McKenna going to make the squad over Stowers and Kowser and Kerstad? Uh, if so, he needs to hide needs to go now. Um, look, he's a right-handed outfielder. Um, and that, and he plays good. He can play all, he plays good, good defense. I don't think his defense is great. I think he takes circuitous routes to baseballs. And I don't like how he catches everything next to his ear, which is why he dropped that. Mukherjee, Mukherjee. Thank you, AJ, Mukherjee. Randall, I need you to do the same, bro. Um, I, McKenna can play all three outfield positions. He's got decent speed, um, and he's right-handed. 
I don't know that he's making the roster over all three of them. I'm holding out hope that like, like they want a right-handed outfielder. He's the only one that they've got, right? Unless it's Mateo. So it's, it, it could come down to Mateo versus McKenna. And at the end of that, it's, well, Mateo can also play the infield. If he hits better than, than McKenna in spring, then they're going to have him. And I think Mateo is going to make this roster regardless. I do think Mateo is going to make the roster uh, positional flexibility, a little bit better speed. Um, and he's a game changer when he's on the bases. And I, I, AJ, I don't know if you were listening to the, the soft toss segment earlier. I would imagine you were. The, the only thing I think that works in favor of McKenna making the team is the fact that he doesn't have any options left. I don't think he deserves a roster spot any more than Kowser or Kerstad or, or um, uh, Stowers. However, he doesn't have any options. So in order for him to not make the roster, he'd have to be cleared through waivers, and I'm not sure the Orioles want to risk losing him. So I, I really hope they're willing to bite the bullet there, and I think they will be. I think the time has come, but I'm just it saying don't be surprised. The Orioles don't want to risk losing Ryan McKenna. Like, if Ryan McKenna is not here, nobody's going to notice. Like, nobody's going yeah. to notice. And, and God, it's it's like I have a personal vendetta against him. It's like I feel like I'm attacking him every year. I don't have anything personal against Ryan McKenna. He's just not very good. And, like, when he dropped that pop-up, the only reason he's on this roster is for his defense. He's just not very good at Major League Baseball. He's good enough to play in the minors, but there's such thing as four A players, and that's Ryan McKenna. And the Orioles have so much talent. They have so much talent everywhere that there's no reason for Ryan McKenna to block a soul in this organization. That's what I have against him. It's nothing personal. You're just not as good as 30 guys in front of you. And that's just what it comes down to. Um, right. AJ Mukherjee again. Ryan Long looks good. Wanderson and Charles looks okay. Wanderson, I, I don't know much about Ryan Long, but I know Wanderson and Charles. The, the arm intrigues him. He can top out in the, in the upper nineties. He's just a little wild. He's got to really tame it. I, I think that they're hoping to catch lightning in the bottle with him, like they did with Felix Bautista. And I don't know that you can do that twice. You know, Wanderson I, I, and Charles maybe, but like you got to have a short leash with him if he can't throw strikes at the big league level then there's no place for him on a on a World Series caliber roster. Well, Felix Bautista couldn't throw strikes for a while. Yanir Cano couldn't throw strikes for a while. If there's a candidate to have a similar career trajectory into the Orioles' bullpen, I think Juanison Charles is that guy, but I agree with you. He's got to yeah, I mean, I guess over. they have struck – had uh, caught lightning in the bottle twice with – And Ryan Long, I believe, pitched in the World Baseball Classic. I don't remember which team he was on, but he's a a A ball guy for now. Uh, But I do, I do think that he's he's looked good this spring, and I think that we'll you know see him climb up through the ranks. And um, yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be an elite prospect, but I think he's got a shot. And then damn Daniels, would rather they take a flyer on Michael Lorenzen and use trade chips to build up that bullpen. I don't disagree there. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bitch and moan if they trade for for Luzardo, but if they sign on Michael Lorenzen for this for this rotation, and then they use trade chips to go get maybe Devin Williams from the Brewers, although I don't think the Brewers are willing to trade him, and I think it would cost way too much. And I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Although I'm also not convinced that that um, the Orioles are going to add anybody else to their starting rotation. I think they really like Tyler Wells and Cole Irvin as temporary replacements for Bradish and Meats. Can I just say, by the way, um, I, I was playing MLB The Show last night with a friend, and we were simulating um, some of the season. We weren't using the Orioles. We were rebuilding a different team. Uh, Tyler Wells was the uh, American League really? All-Star Game starter. Yeah. So if, if MLB The Show is any indicator of future performance, Tyler yeah, Wells is going to have himself. I, I love Tyler Wells. I think he's, he's very versatile. He can give you – Long relief, he can give you back into the bullpen dominance, and he can give you a, a, a legitimate uh, number two or number three starter ceiling for him. Um, I, again, 318 ERA and led the American League in whip at the All-Star break last year before his arm just tired out. And then he rebuilt himself as a reliever and dominated yeah. when he came back. So I look yeah. at – It's just a matter of how exactly, many innings. But I mean, if you're getting the first half Tyler Wells all year, then that's, a, that's one of the top starters in the American League. I have a lot of confidence in that guy. Uh, personally, 
Um, AJ, we don't need to show, but he thinks McKenna will clear waivers. If he does, okay. And he said, he even said, if not, oh, well. I don't think any Orioles fan gives a damn if he clears waivers or not. Um, and then finally, yeah, I hope he I, doesn't. I, there's no someone please take him because if he clears waivers, he's going to be outrighted to Norfolk, and then he's going to be called back mm-hmm. up when someone gets hurt. That's what it happened with DJ Stewart over and over again. Yeah. It's going to happen with Ryan McKenna. I can feel it. Yeah. And then the final comment of the day, AJ, again, do you guys see CNL Perez having a massive regression this year? I don't because he had a massive regression into June last year. And then from June on his ERA was like 165. Uh, I I, like, I think that he's, that he knows what he needs to do. I don't think that we need to look at his first outing where he gave up what four runs. I don't think we need to look at that and think, Oh, CNL Perez is crap. Cause in his last outing, he went a, a hitless inning with a strikeout. So it's it's spring. It's getting the work in. It just sucks for for Perez that because of the first two and a half months of last season, people are going to look at him and as soon as he has a blow up, which he had in his first outing, you know the wheels are falling off. It's like it, let's see where he is at the end of spring training, but I think he's going to be fine. I, I still look at him as a high leverage back end of the bullpen reliever for the Orioles, who gives him a a lot this season. Yeah, I think it, he, he's a real volatile kind of player. There were situations last May where the outlook on CNL Perez was get this mm-hmm. dude off of my team. And then down the stretch for the last several months of the year, he was probably the best guy out of our bullpen. So it, it's it's really hard to say. I could absolutely see a world in which CNL Perez regresses, has a you know six ERA in June and gets cut. I could see it. Um I think he's yeah, a little bit better. I, I, I do too. Um, you know, do we still? I guess we don't have our hard eleven o'clock stop anymore. Or are you just? I'm just, just run the show here now. No, I'm not going to say that. Jen and John and and, and Glenn they run the show. Um, they if if we went too long, we also have an an extra couple of reads. So it's just one of those things they have. True. Yeah, I was gonna say we've got like eight ads. Yeah, in, in it's, a um, one hour that's block. It, that's been a little bit difficult. So we'll, we'll we'll figure it out where we find it. Speaking of which, today's show has been brought to you by Atmans. If you're craving that classy New York deli experience, look no further than the new Atmans Deli in Baltimore's Harbor Point. Corn beef piled high, hand rolled bagels, and something different: a bar. Hey, I got there it. you go. Atmans Harbor Point. Go to atmansdeli.com for daily specials. That's going to do it for us on this extended version of the battle round. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you to our, uh, all of our sponsors, all 15 of them without you. We don't have a show. Thank you to all of our <laughs> listeners, all the people in the chat, everybody that tunes in every week, whether after the show through, through the podcast or live watching us live or listening to us live without you. We 100% don't have a show. We're inching closer every day to the start of the Orioles season. I cannot wait. Hopefully I'm rocking that new hat next week. Until next week, see you!